put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Welcome to Hex Rated, where we four witches will take you on a magical journey through foul language and outrageous feminism. Plus, some witchy shit. What's everybody drinking? I've got some tea. I'm drinking cider. My husband poured me a cider. He made me feel very luxurious because he brought me like a bottle of water. He brought me. I saw the pic of the food he made you. What was that? It was so good. It was um, it was green beans. I think like steamed green Mm -hmm. beans, broccoli, steamed broccoli. Oh, he grilled the broccoli. A little bit of chicken. Um, He made this special sauce, which sounds weird, but like. A little bit of Alfredo sauce, a little bit of this taco sauce that we have, and then what? a little Yum. bit, a tiny bit of ranch, not too much, just a tiny bit for a little bit of tang, mm. and then a guac sauce, like a guacamole guac. sauce. And so, like, guac he mixed it, and it sounds really weird, but all four no, combined, it, amazing. it was it. so good, mixed in with all of those things, oh, and awesome. he grilled up all of this, like, he grilled the chicken and everything. Oh, sweet. It's so good, and he spent so much time, and then all he did for himself was just Ooh. eat some steak. What? Okay, Ooh. so we have discovered that Mr. J has this talent for like a couple years now and we have never been over to have a dinner party obviously we can't do it right now but like someday dude his plating is exceptional i can't believe he just like pulled this ability out of nowhere unless like you've been keeping it a secret this whole time he like is a super picky eater himself like he like has always like he grew up having a hard time with foods just because his mom made some weird stuff like mm-hmm. would throw like supplements into their foods and so he never trusted the foods he was eating <laughs> because there oh, might be gosh. pills in it and that's um, so fucking weird so now he has like a very like paranoia about casseroles because of that uh <laughs> so for him it's been like this like comeback of learning foods he likes by making them himself has helped him work through this fear with foods that he has um and it's that- been great beautiful yeah mm-hmm. it's been i oh, wow. i love it i love eating food so it's worked out great in my favor that he's worked through this and i'm getting to eat these amazing things and then he's getting to discover things that he's like actually i really like this and um so it's been really good in that way of working through mm-hmm. that uh problem that he had growing up with the uh, trust That's issues really... yeah yeah because like i mean a lot of people find food and eating and cooking therapeutic like obviously eating something delicious is very pleasurable and a lot of people enjoy the cooking or or the serving you know like getting getting to see other people's reaction but the idea that like he has a lot of like childhood trauma from like like other things that is tied up with food Mm -hmm. as just one piece of the puzzle with that but that he's using cooking to like kind of as a gateway to to sort through all of that that i mean that's really 
brilliant. I love it. I'm yeah. very proud of him. I'm very proud of him, too. And I can't wait to have a dinner party with you guys because our house, the part of the delay in having you guys over has just been that our house, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but our house has been a mess. We finally have bathroom, like we didn't have a working toilet for a while, uh, and then other plumbing issues, and then the shower, and then floor flooding, and all sorts of things has been crazy, but our house is starting to have a a turn for the better. Um, so hopefully we can have a dinner party. That would be fun. And I know he would enjoy cooking for y'all because he loves you. He's like, oh, your friends are going to see it. Like, he's like, I have to plate it. Like, I, you know, he does it just for me, too. I, but he loves like, for his, like, I hope they enjoy it, too. Um, <laughs> so I think he would really enjoy having a cook off, like just to show y'all um, what he can do. I almost said the cheesiest thing and it was complete by accident and I didn't do it, but I was about to be like talking about plating, like how I just like really admire it. And it like, like it hits my aesthetic bone. I was about to be like, I eat that shit up. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so punny, straight up dumb puns. I love puns. So punny. Let's do this ladies. I'm ready. Welcome to hex rated. Hex rated. I'm Lily. I'm Jay. I'm Scarlett. Oh, (laughs) talking over each other already oh damn jump in there jay i'm always the interrupty one so (laughs) so i hella deserve i don't know where i hella i've never used that adverb in my life i don't yeah i can't ever say that i've heard you no oh my gosh y'all we have known each other for a decade now (gasps) anniversary. i was drafted to um the lone star assassins with jay December 2009 and 2010 was our first season so we're so, yeah we're a decade oh, we've all oh my gosh we should have other. a 10-year friend anniversary party oh, I'm should. trying to plan a 20-year friend anniversary with uh my college roommate and best friend aka special buddy mm-hmm. she, one time she had she was like gonna tell me something exciting she was like I just had to tell you first because she was gonna say best friend but then she was like, best friend is cheesy. I shouldn't say that. So what she said instead, and as she was saying it, she realized it was dumb, was, you're my special buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, nope, nope, that was not better. Oh, that's so, so cute, though. Aww. So, yeah, we're special buddies. Special Y'all are my buddies. best witches, for yeah. sure. Best witches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're your only witches. Do you have other yeah, witches? But, I mean, I know other witches, but it does not come close. It's a special bond. Special bond. It's true. I mean, we've all like piled into the same bathroom stall together, so yeah. it's true. That that's a special bond in and of itself. Y'all have seen me without makeup. Y'all have seen me like through a lot. I've watched you sleep. Yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> With and without your knowledge. (laughs) Various points during our friendship. With cattle. Speaking of knowing things, what are we talking about today? Ooh. Divination. Yeah. Divination hoedown. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hoedown because they're hoes here. (laughs) Call it like you see it. We the hoes. So, basically... Uh, this was Scarlett's idea, right? You had written it in, like, our idea doc. Right. Well, I had had uh, the idea for a Divination Hoedown as, like, a get-together. And um, I did with some of my other witch squad. Um, I don't think you guys were there. But basically the idea was, like, 
let's just either bring what we usually divine with or like try a smorgasbord of random things that we've never tried. And it was super fun. Most some of them were kind of a bust. One of the ones we did was and I forget the technical term for it, but basically you spin around to get dizzy. And we uh, wrote out the letters of the alphabet in a circle. So you spin around and then you start stumbling and you spell out things as you stumble out of the circle and step on letters, sort of like you're a human Ouija board. And um, it was delightfully fun and hilarious to watch, but it did not generate particularly useful stuff. But I I recommend it because it is fun times. Um, so we did some of that and just, just some different things. Um, so, uh, and then you looked on the dock and you're like, divination, hoedown. I'm, I'm all for like, it. I hoedown, don't know what that is, yes. but let's do it. <laughs> so we're doing it. It's happening. We're yeah. doing it. So basically we all took a different form of divination that we had never tried before and tried it. And now we're going to share our results. Yeah. And this is all new information to me. I, I oh, y'all yeah. did this earlier in the week, and I have seen pictures, but I have not heard. We about did not it. share details; just the pics. It was so hard to not tell you guys and save it. I know. For this, as soon as I did it, I was like, "Oh, I have to share this right now." I'm so excited. Yeah. And I'm really bad with secrets and surprises, so it's very hard for me oh, not me to too. pressure you to tell me anyways. Oh yes. my gosh, buying you guys gifts is the worst, because I'm all like, I want to tell you right now. I know, you're, you've given up gifts like Christmas gifts in like August. Because it's hard. It's very difficult. It is difficult. I look up the move, like the plots to movies before I watch them. Like as soon as they come out, I have to know. Like oh. the Star Wars, I was like, no, I need to know what happens right now. I don't care. I'll still watch it. I just need to know. I'll be the reading twists. the Wikipedia page like while I'm watching. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes though, I do turn movies off if I find out that I don't like the ending. I'm like, mm, you know what? I don't need to waste my time. Yeah. So done. All right, who's going to go first? You go first because you did yours first. Okay, cool. Mine is alphabetically first, too, so. Oh. There you go. Why not? Why not? Okay. So, I did allomancy, which is divining with salt. I didn't find, like, a, it has a Wikipedia page that's very, very small. Like, I'm talking, like, six sentences or something. And um, I tried to find other information on it, which there's not a lot, but supposedly with my unverified internet sources it is an ancient form of uh, divination involving salt and i found like three ways you could do it basically um throwing the salt into the air and either reading like the patterns in the salt as it's in the air or when it hits the ground or putting salt like in water like a liquid and letting it evaporate and then reading the salt or throwing the salt into a fire so I did the first two, didn't throw the salt into fire. One thing I did read was that it was done in Egypt, like ancient Egypt. And, but in ancient Egypt, they had a big salt crystals, like pebble size, which probably would have been easier because I did have rock salt, but, um, it's still like not that big. So, um, I used some pink Himalayan salt and some kosher salt that I had because those were my only two salts. So I was like, I could use both of them why not mix it together and uh so at first i have this beautiful bowl that's part of a mortar and pestle set that scarlet got me 
and it's uh that she Which forgot I she got me. her on i was like that's gorgeous and she's like yeah i got it from this really rad bitch and i was like oh wait did i get <laughs> fishing for compliments <laughs> i was like well it is pretty beautiful it, was, it, it is beautiful it's olive wood uh, i love it but um so I, and because i knew i wanted to take pictures i was like oh i gotta, gotta put this in a pretty bowl so i didn't really know how much i just poured some salt in and um i didn't go into it with a too clear of a question i was just kind of like open to like what could happen and um i kind of i did some chanting because once i started like with my pretty bowl and the salt there's something about salt that i find um like i like the feel of it in my hands and stuff it's very grounding and um oh, for sure yeah and so i started just like kind of like touching it and then i was like Oh, I feel like chanting. So then I started chanting and I can't remember what I chanted now. But um, when I was in the kitchen by myself, the babies were asleep. The husband was playing video games. So I was in the kitchen by myself and um, I like put on some music. It was like uh, Ivor or something. And um, oh, I love her. I know. That's good witch music. She's so witchy. Um, so did that. And then I just had this urge to like make an offering to the salt and so I ended up getting out my Gandalf pipe and um, one of my smoke blends, and I, which I haven't done in a really long time, and I used to do it quite often, but I ended up uh, smoking and then um, just like an herbal smoke blend, nothing illicit, and uh, I ended up smoking and then blowing the smoke onto the salt as an offering while it was in the bowl, mm-hmm. and then... Um, so then I don't know why my first thought was, oh, I'll just go to my kitchen table and throw the salt, uh, which looking back would have been like a bad idea anyways. I don't think it really would have worked. But I so I went over to the kitchen table and then I looked outside in our out through the window and I was like, oh, I need to do this outside. What am I doing in here? So then I took my 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 pipe and I took myself and I took my bowl and I went outside and I kind of did like I was feeling real good. I did like some dances and um. <laughs> then I um, kind of put the salt down, the bowl down on the ground, and I kind of talk to it for a minute. Like I do my runes. And um, then I just, I grabbed a handful of the salt and I kind of decided, uh, I, I don't know how people read them while the salt is in the air. Because I don't think I could do that. It falls like really fast. Um, so I threw the salt and uh, then I looked at, so two kind of patterns happened. There was still salt residue in the bowl and then there was salt um, that fell obviously onto the ground. And so I found the salt actually that remained in the bowl stuck to the sides much easier to read. And it was almost like tea leaves. Uh, and then I found the salt because I think it maybe it was too much salt or it was too small. I found the salt on the ground much more difficult to kind of interpret what was going on. And um, but it was all kind of an interesting exercise for me because it's not like I'm not like I, I don't do a lot of what is the wax when you drip it into the water or like tea leaf reading. Yes. Or um, anything like this that's so freeform, like I usually I have the structure of the runes to kind of uh, be a guide. So this was a way more freeform than I normally do. And so it was a little bit outside of my comfort zone, which was interesting, but also kind of made it more difficult. So um, 
So basically, as I was looking at the salt, what I kind of tried to do was let my eyes go out of focus and kind of see what I was seeing. Because if I tried focusing too hard on it, then what I was seeing was just the, the crystals and stuff. Like I was like paying too close of attention. So I kind of tried to let my eyes go out of focus. And what I kind of was seeing, what it felt like I was seeing was these like ants everywhere and these ants crawling around. So then I kind of tried to think about it from that perspective of like, what, what do ants, like what can I learn from ants and like an ant colony and things like that. Overall, it was a difficult, um, like the, the, like the kind of ritual I ended up doing up until the actual divination was like real fun and free form and felt real good. But then the actual like reading the salt, I had a real difficult time with. And I see here in my notes, I wrote down wind and I can't fucking remember why I wrote down wind. I should have written more because I, I just wrote ants and wind. But um, see, that's the problem. Didn't read it. Didn't write it down good. But um, so then uh, today I tried the evaporation. And I think there's probably two ways you could do it. You could either leave it out and just let it evaporate over time. But I tried to speed things up and I had this little cast iron bowl. And I put, a, I think, too much salt and water and I boiled it and let it evaporate that way. And what I took a picture of it, but I think I forgot to send it to y'all. What ended up happening was this weird sort of like brain looking, uh, like pattern or design that was kind of like puffed up even because it was just like a lot of salt. But what was also interesting was because it was boiling and I didn't put a lid on it, it was just popping everywhere around like my stove because I have a, a glass top stove were like these little constellations and patterns and things Ooh. because the salt like in the water had like bubbled off and then had um, like fallen and into these like little patterns. And I actually found that looking at the constellations that had kind of formed around the bowl was more interesting uh, than looking at what was actually in the bowl or pot. So I kind of tried to read those like the way that you would look at stars and things, which also I had a really difficult time with um, because like I said, these are just outside my comfort zone, but I found it to be like a really interesting exercise either way. Yeah. So my experience yeah we we've used salt as like a ritual item in a lot of our rituals since the beginning because like i do i find it very grounding mm -hmm. you know if i feel spacey i'll have a pinch of salt um it doesn't ever go bad so in terms of like human usage and mythology about it um that goes way way back so i love that you like made an offering to the salt i mean maybe Something you could try is like working with the spirit of salt the way yes, that like people that's work a good with idea. Like, like like home spirits or plant spirits or animal spirits. But like, I mean, it'd be really, really abstract. But I think that that would be maybe an interesting meditation. No, I kind of love that. Well, yeah. and I use salt a lot in my practice as an offering. And I right. sprinkle it around like my house at the in front of the windows and the doors and also around like the borders of the property a lot. And it, I never kind of saw it as like a, 
because you know you're supposed to make like a salt circle like they did in hocus pocus but um i never saw it so much as like a protection thing as i did like an offering to the house and stuff like salt to me i don't associate protection with it as much as i associate it as a as an offering as like a, a and as like a grounding sort of thing Fun fact, the word salary comes from the Latin because Roman soldiers used to be paid in salt. That's right. So the idea of it being an offering or something of value, I mean, like if you think back to before there was refrigeration, like being able to salt meats and preserve them before they went rotten was Mm -hmm. like huge. So um, and also spices or anything that would like cover the taste or prolong the longevity of foods that are perishable. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of mythology to dig into with salt. Oh yeah. It sounds like you really had a connection with the process, even Mm -hmm. though the actual, like trying to see patterns and whatnot in the salt crystals ended up being difficult, but it sounds like you have a lot. So like, would you try this again as a divination or, I mean, it sounds like you would definitely work with salt again as like an offering or as a spirit. I think I would try it again. I think that uh, this was uh, a good like kind of first try because I really didn't have any idea what I was doing. I think if I could find bigger salt crystals, that would make things a little easier. And I think I used too much salt in both times because when I threw it, it kind of clumped together too much. And then in the bowl, like when I boiled it, it kind of clumped together too much, except for how it sprayed out. That was really cool. So I think I would try this again. And I think I'd go into it too. Like with the runes, you can be kind of more uh, open-ended and you get, and they'll be more specific. But with the salt, I think that I needed to be way more specific with what I was looking for instead of like just being like, oh, I just want to see what the salt is going to say. I don't think the salt was into that. It was like, don't waste my time. Yeah, you can like deal tarot cards or runes without even having a question and it'll mm-hmm. be like, well, I'll tell you something you need to know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Salt's like, mm-mm. mm-mm no. no. Not I'm happen. not a mind reader. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Alphabetically, who's next? Oh, um, might be me. I don't know. When was a cult? It was, it was a cultomancy, right? Or something along the lines of that. Like sharp things is the one that attracted me. No surprise. Um, where I was like, ooh, needles and knives um, and spears and stuff. Um, and there was, I think it was Bellomancy was the arrows one that I was looking at. I Forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't have it in front of me. Um, I do have my notes from actually doing it in front of me. Um, and I tried both. I tried playing with needles and I tried playing with arrows um, to see what I liked best. And they were both very, very different. And uh, needles, <laughs> there's things that I took away from it that I'm definitely going to try again. And then there's some things that I'm like, don't, not going to use flour again, for sure, because that was just a mess. Um, and I didn't really end up using the flour for the reading, which I think is what was initially traditionally used, where you can take the needles out and still read the flour and the design that's in the flour from what I've read. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a little confused. What's the process? Okay. So with needles, what I read online, like some, there's several different ways to read the needles, but people would like throw needles, like a certain amount of needles, either like three or 10 or so um, many needles into flour and then read the designs 
that were in the flower or some sort of powder um, that it falls in. But there was nothing online as to like what the lines mean or anything like that. So I was like, I don't really know how to read into it. So I kind of made it my own. And instead of getting 10 same needles, I decided to get 10 different types of needles. So I went through all the needles I have in my sewing stuff and I got like my jeans needle, my stretch needle, my leather working needle, um, and then all these, and then a pin, like two different types of pins that I have for pinning things. And all these 10 different types of needles I had, I used those and I threw them in the flower, which looking back, I didn't need the flower. I could have done it without flower. Um, and it would have been a lot less messy and a lot easier probably to read. Uh, but I thought I would see if that did something for me reading wise. And looking back, I probably wouldn't use the flower. <laughs> but it was really cool to look at it, like that what these needles mean to me. And keep in mind, I could be misreading the needles. Uh, it was what I knew of my needles um, or what I thought the needles were for. So if like you're a sewing expert, please forgive me. And if you look at my photos and I'm wrong, please forgive me, but it was just me reading it in the moment and also trying to read it in flower and be like, I think that's my embroidery needle. Pretty sure that's my embroidery needle. Um, and thinking about what those things mean to me. So uh, I went through and I threw it in a circle, in a bowl that was in the shape of a circle, um, obviously. And I looked at how things cross. So I looked at if the points were crossing or if the heads were crossing. Uh, like the eyes of the needle were crossing. Um, I looked like what kind of needles were intersecting, which ones were apart, what was blocking each other, and tried to kind of make a reading based on that. Before I even went into it, I set all my needles out on my, uh, what is usually my rune reading leather um, wrap that I have that I wrap my runes in. I set the needles all out on that. And I lit candles, I did some incense, and just decided to like put on a veil and kind of take some time with the needles. And I put my hands over them. And I know it's gonna sound super cheesy, but I was just like, okay, what comes to mind? And so I just kind of chanted, um, needle, needle, I used a thread. In my hands, my qu questions read. Needle, needle, I used to sew. Tell me the answers I need to know. And then I Ooh. rang. Ooh. <laughs> And then, That's awesome! And then I took uh, my little bell that my brother got me from Japan. I took, and it has an amazing little ring to it. And it resonates really well. And I rang it 10 times for each needle. So rang it 10 times total. And then I was ready to read. So then I went through and I just, I threw them into the flower. And I assessed like, okay, what's crossing? What, you know, what does this mean? It took me a little bit because it's not something natural. It's not something we already have set out. And it was like me making my own rules. But it ended up being actually really, really cool. Once I just like sat down, wrote down what each of these needles would mean to me. So like for me, I decided my regular needle, like my universal needle was like daily life. And then my tapestry, like tapestry needle, like for repairing furniture, furniture and curtains and stuff was like my home. And then uh, my jeans needle, I decided to be like movement, travel, like on the go. A glover's needle that I have for like leatherworking, I was like, that's fun and just like hobbies and things like that. And then my stretch needle is like being flexible is what I decided. And... I just, I tried to like put these different meanings to the needles that made sense to me. 
And like the, I had a little pin and a big pin for pinning things down. Like I had an itty bitty one and then I had a really big one. And for me, it was like holding down something, like trying to keep something together. And when I sat there and read through it, it ended up being really interesting. And it ended up kind of being about being stuck at home and just everything that's going on. And maybe that's how I'm reading things because that's how I'm seeing things. And that's the meaning I put into it. But these are things that I already had in mind for these needles. So it was really interesting to see that my the tapestry needle, like the home needle and the daily knife needle were the first things that came to my attention in it that were perfectly crossed together and on their own. And they were perfectly crossed. And then they were pointing away from everything else. And then there was this, a bent needle I have for leather working and it's bent and it was redirecting everything and blocking everything else from it. And I just thought it was interesting that home and like daily life were just completely blocked off from like hobbies, movement, journey, travel, everything else was blocked off. And I was like, this, this seems like this is a thing. And, um, and then the next thing I noticed, like if you, reading it kind of like I would read runes or something, I was like, okay, home and daily life are down here. And then there's this big, huge ass needle blocking them off. And then the next thing that it draws your attention is my embroidery needle. And to me, embroidery is like patience and detail is what it means to me. And so I noticed patience and detail, like the point of it perfectly was touching um, uh, the curve of a leather repair needle. So it was like this, like to fix things, you got to be patient. Um, like it was a, a curved needle that I have for like repairing like leather and different types of things. And like everything I've looked up on that needle was like about repair is what it was called. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to assign that to mean repair or fixing something. So I thought it was interesting that they were like perfectly touching each other. The embroidery needle, like to me, that was patience and detail and fixing things were like perfectly together. And then they were pointing to like flexibility, like my stretch needle uh, was like, they were pointing to them. So it was like, be flexible, be willing to work with this. Like um, where it seemed to be telling me like patience and flexibility are key right now. And like being able to like rework things, like be able to like readjust to things is what it was telling me. And the next thing it pointed to, like above that was like the trap, like my jeans needle, which was travel movement to me was being crossed with like the big ass pin, like not the little pin, the big pin that I have. So it was like travel is like pinned down. Like it is like a no go. Like there is no movement right now. And they were <laughs> like, yeah, they, locked down. they were crossed perfectly. So it was all like the pin for like, hold it down. No. Uh, was like crossing over jeans, which was like movement and travel for me, which I know this might be my own head being in it of like divining things, but I was just like, that seems like it's saying something. And then the next thing to that, like the last, uh, one of the last needles was like the, um, the glover's needle, which to me was like fun and hobbies was pointing away. So it was just like, it was like with these things, but pointing away, it was just like, just not right now. Like, like you can still do these things. Just like, it's like not going to be a part of travel or anything like that. So 
just keep in mind, like, you can have fun, but it's not towards travel or movement or being on the go. And then the last, the very last pin was the itty itty bitty hold it down pin. And it was out on its own. Like somehow it flung out away from everything else. And I was like, is that me? I don't know. Like, is the itty bitty pin me? Is that how I'm, or maybe it's just my feelings. Like I'm the itty bitty pin and these are my feelings. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and um, I didn't know if it was that or if it was just like the little things in life of like the little things don't matter. But to me, I was like, maybe it's me. I don't know. Just isolated from everything. But that is how <laughs> that is how I read the needle. We're all the little pin, <laughs> the we little are. itty bitty pin, and um, so I really, really enjoyed reading the needles. I just didn't need the flower for it because I at first looked at it and tried to look at the designs, and I was like, you know what? I made this my own by using needles that were all the various types of needles I have, and I could definitely do it again without the flower. And I know there's probably an amazing way to read flower, like designs in the flower, but the thing that felt natural for me was just like feeling these needles and what they meant to me and reading them that way. And I would totally do it again um, and really, really loved it um, of the feeling it gave me. Like the, the, the feeling of the flower was not great because it was just a mess, like all over my living room, all over my goth clothes, like everywhere, just flower over everything. <laughs> Um, goth problems. Yes. Hashtag goth problems. But, uh, yeah. As a person who also wears all black clothing, flower is our enemy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would forego the flower, but everything else I would totally do again. And, uh, it, it was definitely interesting. And I think that's just kind of the trick to it is like assigning your own meaning and finding what these things mean to you. It's kind of like the magpie readings that we've done of like yeah. finding what you associate with these things and reading them that way. I have a technical question. How did you throw the needles? Cause obviously like you can't like just grab them in your fist and toss them. So, so how did you actually like, them. I grabbed them in my fist and I tossed them. It, I had, <laughs> uh, I basically grabbed them um, all aligned together, and then had them in my hand, um, where they were all in the same direction in my hand, um, and then I, I dropped them into the bowl that way. Next time I'll probably hmm. not do it with a bowl. I'll all at one time. Yes, all at one time. And okay. then I just dropped him, which is, that's why I was like, the little pin was just all like, bloop, 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 and like decided to be all on his own. So next time I'll probably do it without the bowl and see how the throw would be that way. Uh, because obviously the bowl kind of keeps them a lot closer together, which I mean, the reading went really well. So I don't know if maybe that is how it's meant to be done. But the only thing is it's messy. They kind of like, it is now the sink down mm -hmm. into the flower. So the, the flower, maybe. I'm going to try it again without the flower, see if it reads as well. If it doesn't, then I'm like, okay, the flower's meant to stay. We'll just have to go with just messes from now on with this. But yeah, it was it was totally fun. Uh, it was my favorite of the techniques I tried. I tried the arrows, and they were fun too, just because I like playing with arrows. Um, but I don't feel like the reading was as like spot on for me because it was very yes and no with the arrows versus like having a broader reading I just did the yes and no answers with the arrows I tried both just pulling from my quiver and assigned three different arrows different meanings I had one that's like missing 
the point on it and that was like the no i have one that's like uh like semi cracked and that was like draw again and then like the perfect arrow is yes and i did that and then i decided to do it like with shooting the arrows i didn't do the whole like the, uh historically it was like if you shoot the one that goes the farthest is like your yes or the one like where it's like means god blesses it so or god forbids it or whatever but i was just like i'm actually a decent archer so that doesn't really work for me because if i want to make it but but i did shooting it and the one question that i was like should i get my mom a cake from a bakery for her birthday um her birthday's coming up and i've been conflicted about it with everything going on i was like is it safe to go get her like should i get her a cake or should i just wait and do a bit birthday thing later um so i was like which is how what i've been debating and i pulled in it was like and it was the only one that i missed it was like no don't get her a cake right now and i was just like i do not miss like every other one like close like almost on the, either bullseye or close to a bullseye like it was a good shot and that one i was just like Oh, because I was assigning yes and no to like top or bottom where it landed because I'm good at getting on the target. It's just debating whether I get top or bottom. So I assigned it that way. But the one that missed was that one. And I was like, and because my husband's been telling me, no, like you just don't know like what's going on. Like, you you know, you just just don't do it. Like with your mom being up there in age, like just don't risk it right now. Like we'll get her a cake from bakery later. And I was just like, oh, dang. Uh, cause I don't really miss very often. So it was just like, oh, cause I've been feeling very conflicted about not doing enough for my mom for her birthday. And so I was just like, okay, what I'm doing is enough. I sent her some gifts. It'll be enough. <laughs> and, uh, not to brag or anything, but our friend Jay is kind of a superhero and is awesome at archery. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Apocalypse training y'all. Hmm. You've got it. Can be used for divination too. Yeah. Jay's house is the one we're going to if the zombies come. So. Mm-hmm. I'm just disappointed there's not so We're zombies. not quite there yet. Yeah. But... <laughs> well, I love that. And again, needles have like a lot of like lore and history to them as being like women's arts. And, and there's like a lot of myths about weaving or thread. Um, a lot of fate deities are associated with weaving or thread. So there's a lot of magic involved there. So I mm-hmm. like that. Um and I like how both of y'all did like a lot of like ritual leading up to yours, like really like communing with it and like contemplating the the practical aspects of what you're about to do, but also like really meditating on the the materials you were using. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like your reading, Jay, was like spot on. Yes. Like you got a really good reading. So that's like a like a five out of five would recommend right yeah. on the needles uh, like 100%. yeah i the arrows was kind of like ah, i feel like i can control that like i feel like it's super mm-hmm. controlled because of my aim even pulling from my quiver i can kind of feel like i know it might sound weird but i can feel the difference in my arrows like mm-hmm. i kind of know if i'm pulling a broken arrow and i know that's a weird thing to say but i can kind of feel like I know if it doesn't have a point. I know it's not weird. It's just kind of sexy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just it just didn't have the same magic for me. Like I thought arrows would mm-hmm. be my jam because I love weapons, but the needles for me was like super magical and felt 
just it just it felt right and it felt super witchy Mm -hmm. as fuck doing it and that's definitely the one that i was like this is this is meant to be like this is the one that i'm gonna do again that's what it sounded like listening to you talk was that you had hit on something that you could use again and that really spoke to you while you were doing it you basically yeah every like all I could think about while you were talking about the meanings that you'd assign the needles was our magpie lot casting. Like, you basically just took these needles and then magpied the fuck out of them. Yeah. And it was awesome. That That's a really good technique that, like, anybody, including our listeners or ourselves, could use is that what you did of taking, like, really literal or, like, really obvious simple meanings for stuff like, oh, like, my stretch needle, flexibility. So you took like one little keyword that you're just playing off the literal meaning of what it is and you're not getting crazy or poetic or anything. But then that opens up like a whole world of like nuance and meaning that you can use later to make like a really detailed reading. And I think that that's like really great advice for anybody that's going to be reading anything, whether it's tarot or a magpie lot like we use or runes or anything is that. If you can pick up on just like one word or one symbol, even Mm -hmm. if it's something that seems like really obvious or really mundane, um, that can be kind of like your little stepping stone to once you associate, once you assign that first little meaning, you can kind of leapfrog from there and build up like a really rich vocabulary for this one little thing. Yeah. So that that's awesome. It was really awesome to hear your process because I can totally follow your train of thought on all that. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. And that's great advice. What Scarlett just said about finding that one word and extrapolating meaning further from that. I think that that's great advice for this sort of divination. Yeah. It's easy to overthink it because, I mean, I didn't get to doing it until yeah. last night. And I think the thing that was holding me up was I was like, oh, you know, I was just overthinking it and trying to think of like, okay, how can I read the designs and the flower? Or I was trying to find something online of like things that have already been set before. And I was like, you know what? I need to make it my own. I need to just, you know, sit down, write the different types and then figure it out from there. So don't be held back by what is in the past. Just look at what's in front of you and see what you can Mm -hmm. work with and even if and like i said like i don't know if i even got every single needle right on its complete purpose but i just thought about okay how do i interpret it so don't be worried about whether someone else is going to come along and be like ah that's not a thing like it is your thing you make it your thing and you roll with it and as long as you're reading it consistently for you it has that meaning and you I don't even think you need to read it consistently for you. Yeah, that's true. Because I think this could easily evolve because there were... Read what you want. Yes, read what you want. Because I could easily see how some of these needles meanings would change depending on how I'm reading it. So, like, seeing what was crossed, it was easy to interpret. Mm-hmm. But I could easily see them being adjusted based on the type of needle of what it might mean. So, because mm-hmm. um, at first I started to read the stretch as like, would it mean cosplay for me? Because I use the stretch needle a lot for superhero costumes and things like that. And then I was like, well, maybe the Glover's needle is hobbies. So it just took a bit of like seeing how it was laid out, like, and interpreting it from there. So yes, you can totally adjust just as long as you're reading it for you and not for somebody like else's like impression. Like, don't try to impress people. Don't try it. Like, just 
just do you do you well and that's what's kind of so freeing about the, these sorts of or any sort of um divination but about these sorts too where you just take needles or with the magpie lot like casting set you just take cobra commander and you just see <laughs> like <laughs> You're like, yeah, what does Cobra Commander mean right now in this situation? What is Turtle Bear? This pecan. What, what is Turtle Bear? What, so, is, what is Turtle what, Bear? What is Turtle Bear? <laughs> Important questions, inquiring minds. But yeah, that was really beautiful, Jay. You're beautiful. Y'all are beautiful. Yeah, thank you. All right, Scarlet, give it to us. I did Papyromancy. Mm-hmm. And basically, I picked it because I am on a big Egypt kick right now, as discussed last time. And um, so basically Googling papyromancy basically means divination by paper or papyrus. Um, So um, most commonly that term is used uh, on like kind of like those uh, fortune tellers, those origami ones, the cootie catchers or something that you probably made in elementary. And I did not do that. Oh, you know what's amazing about those fortune tellers? Where did they get started and how do all children know how to make them? Because listen, in the 90s, I was making them in Seattle. My students here in Texas in the 2010s or uh, like the aughts, whatever. No, it's not the aughts. It's the 2010s. It's the 20s now, Now it's the 20s. Jesus Christ. But they know how to make it. Like, how is this little thing? Where did it start? How does every kid across the United States know how to make it? But anyways. I've thought about that and that block S you make with the six lines. Like all elementary schoolers, there's oh, like an age. I know that, that they one. all know how to you make You draw that. the, the yes. three and then the three and the then three, you connect three them. Three and three. And you make makes this, this block yes. S. It's witchcraft. It's, a, it's very popular among eight-year-olds. And it's just something. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure there is like a witchcraft folk magic origin to that. And I think that that is probably historically how a lot of folk traditions get preserved as children. Like a lot of nursery rhymes and stuff are coded with a lot of like mythological and historical information. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's actually like a really interesting topic um, that I don't know enough about. (laughs) But I did not, in fact, make a cootie catcher fortune teller thing. Um... I basically, I saw some little blurb that I don't know what the source was, but it was like a real papyromancer could just crumple up a piece of paper and read the lines. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So um, before I got started, I was like, okay, so if I'm going to crumple up a piece of paper and unfold it and then interpret that, the closest analogy to me would be palmistry, which I actually don't really know a lot about. So, but with palmistry, like each finger and different areas of the hand are associated with different planetary influences. Um, Obviously, there's like the three major lines on your hand that are assigned certain meanings. And then there's also different little uh, patterns on your hand. So like X's or swirls or broken lines, things like that, that... um, have a meaning in and of themselves and then when you pair it with what location it's at that also flavors the meaning but of course your palm is kind of set in stone so um paper i think is opens up a lot of awesome possibilities so what i did is um i was i was inspired by the the palmistry thing but i don't read palms so i decided what i would do is um i have a ready-made table of correspondence to go with my uh, six 
chaos goddesses that I made up. So um, we've talked about it before, but I basically made up like six archetypes um, or goddesses or guides that I, I had either interacted with before or invented after. Um, so I took a sheet of paper and I wrote, um, so, you know, like an eight and a half by 11. Um, so I did each corner and then the, the middle point of the two long sides. And so, um, what I did, which I will share in the newsletter coming up is to make it more accessible for people that are not familiar with my system that I fucking made up that isn't a thing. Um, I, I simplified it with really simple symbols and um, used the archetype name that I had kind of assigned to each of the goddesses. So um, I did a black half moon for Crone, um, who kind of represents the unknown. Um, I did a just an X or a crossroad for Chaos, who is the witch. I did a little star for the priestess, who's like intuition and feelings. I did a, a triangle for um, the teacher, who's like guidance and like asking an outside source. And then I did a little arrow for the huntress, who's kind of like warrior energy action. And I did a heart for the sovereign or lady who um, is kind of like relationships, uh, the body, health, um, mundane things. So what I did is I crumpled up a piece of paper. I would recommend maybe kind of doing one or two or three like loose folds and then giving it a good scrunch. Because if you really, really like scrunch it up really good, you're going to have way too many lines. Um but if you just kind of like fold it and crease it, you're, it's going to be a little too geometric. So just a practical note, maybe kind of give yourself like kind of loose folds and then give it one good scrunch. Um, so then kind of like uh, what Jay was inspired, which I kind of got from actually particularly Lily when she started reading runes for us, the sort of geometry of the spread, um, which translated into my magpie reading. So sort of like what elements are close to one another or what things are clustered or what are far apart or is there some kind of directionality like do things seem to be pointing in one direction or pointing at one other element um so obviously with lines that's going to be pretty obvious so um and like with tarot i kind of just did an open-ended question um so it's, but I also, in case um, I want to like experiment more with this system, I also kind of assigned each of the six corners like kind of a simple magic eight ball, sort of yes, no, maybe, whatever. So um, sovereign is yes, witch is no, uh, priestess is maybe, um, teacher is ask someone else, not the stupid sheet of paper. Um, Huntress is, uh, you know, you got to make a choice that there's a choice. Um, and then, uh, the crone is sort of the, uh, outlook looks hazy magic eight ball, like mm, try again later. So there's, there's an easy, like if you're asking kind of basically a yes or no question, there's an easy way to just do it. If you want to try that. Um, and see like where I either if there's like a dominant line pointing to one of those corners 
or um, a cluster of like where you crumpled it or something. Um, then if you want to ask a more involved question. So for me, the one that I did, it had a really strong line down the middle going between sovereign and priestess. And so, like I said, um, sovereign's kind of uh, your body or your health or your practical home life, sort of like pentacles or the empress in tarot. And priestess is um, sort of the high priestess in tarot. So like emotion, like intuition and spirituality. So I think that um, clearly what my my divination was about was sort of playing around with these ideas of, of like what I feel in my body or like what my gut instinct is sort of this like sixth sense or intuition or this like non book learning sort of element. And to bolster that I had these interesting patterns of like sort of like forks or like clusters uh, sort of meteoring away from the teacher corner. Um, and then interestingly, I had a, and there's a lot more that I want to explore and practice with this. But like, so, for example, on the crone corner, I had this weird like little crumple that was sort of like this zigzaggy line, sort of like a snake or something. So that blocking off the crone, which is like the unknowable or like deep information or like karmic information or, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's sort of like, yeah, this uh, <laughs> you need to stick to like the immediate present and um same thing i had a line going from the witch towards the center but it had um these kind of like v-shaped arrows so sort of leading away from it so um in turn like sort of like with palmistry i think that um i really want to explore some of these like patterns that you get that i was sort of surprised to see in a piece of paper so like a zigzaggy line or like I got some like lines that were like sort of crescent curves, which I didn't think would be possible. But and then obviously like the dominant straight lines. So um, it's definitely something that and I didn't really have a great question in mind. I was kind of more testing it out. But there's a lot to work with, um, I think, with this system. And obviously you don't have to use like my six or the number six or anything like that. Um, you could just crumple up a piece of paper and, and look for patterns and sort of, you know, the way, you'd, you know, see see shapes in clouds or something or in reading the tea leaves in a bottom of a cup. But um, I liked giving it a little bit of structure. So but also leaving like basically the middle like free form. So I definitely want to practice and I think it would be interesting to read for other people. Um, but I I am I'm. I'm probably not 10 out of 10 because I didn't get like a smack me in the face reading because I didn't have a great question. But I think that there's a lot to work with um, with the crumpling up a piece of paper and reading the lines. So I'm very pro this concept. Yeah, um, that's all really interesting. But you posted a picture, too, of one like a paper that had words, didn't you? That is correct. So I also, my first attempt, which again, I didn't really have a great question in mind, which is like skewing my results. Um, but I just tore a random paper, a, a random page out of a random magazine that was like shoved in a bookcase someplace and crumpled it up and then uh, kind of like with a Sharpie drew out the lines um, that were dominant and then look to see if there were any words 
um, where those lines ended um, that had any significance and if there were like clusters or whatever. So um, that's kind of and this is a method that I like um, just in daily life is to like open a random book and like put my finger on a random page and see what the word is. Um, so this is kind of like a more um, involved version of that. So you could just take a random page of a newspaper or magazine, crumple it up and then see. So basically um, what this page looks like that Lily's referring to is there's some words that are circled and then some lines kind of radiating out sort of like a crazy brainstorming session. Um, so that particular attempt like didn't give me a great reading uh, because I didn't really have a great question, but I think that again, there's a lot to work with there in terms of picking out words. So that's going to be, a, especially if you're like really feeling stuck about what to assign meanings or, or visualizing patterns. Like if you're not particularly visual, that might be a challenge. So having words and so you can kind of have this like little word, like you know, a handful of work keywords to be like, see if any of those things have significance to you. And if they do, then you can kind of explore like, well, which ones are like connected by a line or, or is there like some sort of directionality about that or, or things like that and sort of kind of build up a narrative that way. I think that that was, um, a really interesting concept. I want to experiment with it more, but I can't really report back on the how effective it was because I didn't really ask a great question. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gave me a nonsense answer. Well, I love how you used your chaos goddesses that you created to create basically this like system that's all really fascinating yeah especially using them for like yes and no like and the other options because there's so much more than just yes no maybe and looking at beyond yes no maybe with these different uh beings like what that would mean i think that's really a fascinating way to look at it too and interpret things um if people are looking at ways to interpret things like it's not just necessarily yes and no that there's so much more than that. That's great. Well, and two, what I kind of kept thinking about is that you could make it into like uh, an artwork. Like you could have like these papers with your different symbols on them and then crumple them and it could be this whole like performance and art and then something that you can keep and refer back to and later, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, I think that the disposability, but also um, uh, easy way to save paper is I hadn't really thought about that. But like one, it's like super easy to do a reading. Everybody can find like a sheet of paper or a piece of newspaper or a napkin or something and just do this. So it's sort of disposable in that way, and easily accessible. But on the flip side, like you said, if you wanted to like save it, just either prospect for um, posterity or to, to refer back to later or, you know, like to uh, to use it as like a sort of prompt for like a piece of art or like a performance. So so I think paper obviously lends itself very well to um, being both disposable and also readily accessible for later if you want to save it. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. So we're going to start hyping our zine 
that we are creating a zine of sigils that y'all will be able to purchase if you're so inclined. Yes, this was Lily's kind of idea. Um, she was interested in making some kind of kind of book or zine or something to, to collect like some of our ideas. And we decided to do like sort of a mini project and focus in on, on sigils and stuff. So we've been cranking out a bunch of uh, neat some uh, sigils, um, all different styles, and um, what? A, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it all too much. Away. Yeah, there's gonna be sigils. There's gonna be beautiful words. This is gonna be awesome, and you're gonna want a copy. But gonna leave some mystery. Some mystery. We're gonna leave some mystery. And I think kind of the system we're going to have is we're going to have it open for pre-orders. And then if we get a sufficient amount of pre-orders, then we'll print it. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll work out the kinks and we'll let you know. But you should start getting hyped. Yeah. Hyping. Hyping. Start getting hyped. We've been been pounding away at it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I think so, too. Got a lot of talented bitches right here in this conference call. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this magical journey through new types of divination. And if you have questions or comments for us, you should hit us up. Yeah, we're at Hexbraided Podcast at Gmail. We're on Insta at Hexbraided Witches. We have a website, hexbraidedpodcast.com. And um, you should sign up for our newsletter because mm-hmm. um, we will have pictures of all these things that we have been talking about that do not translate great to the audio medium. It's true. So you will be able to see what we are talking about in the next newsletter. It comes out every 13th. We're also on Facebook. Yeah. Join our uh, un- Uncoven. The Hex-rated Uncoven. There's some amazing people on there. You should check out Uncoven because there's some amazing discussions about books, uh, witchcraft, all sorts of stuff. And we love mm-hmm. hearing y'all's input on things and seeing what everybody's got to say. So... We get a lot of messages of people who just want to talk to us about what they're doing, and I love it. I, I love that people feel like they can come and talk to us and tell us, like, like create like this community where they can just tell us what's going on in their in their witchy life. Yeah. So share with us. We're here to listen. Yeah. If you do some uh, witchy uh, divination hoedown, oh, we if would you try love... any of the divination, yes. yeah, show us. Show us. Share Let your us picks. Know how it goes. Tell us. Let us know. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and review and rate us as well. We appreciate it. Oh, we have a rating? Oh. I think that's- well, I mean, <laughs> on like iTunes and stuff, oh. you can uh, review and rate and things like that. And I think on Podomatic, you can too. I'm not sure about Spotify and Stitcher. I'm so up with the times. Work. So up with the you times. Are. You're very hip. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's all the housekeeping, then. It sounds like it. No. All right. Hocus, hocus, bitches, bitches, witches, whoever you are. Hocus, pocus, and good night. All of those things.